Hi, this is Pastor Anna Sorensen at French Creek Lutheran Church in Ettrick, Wisconsin. Thank you for joining together in worship, even as we can't join together in person. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. Now when Jesus heard about the beheading of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowd to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve full baskets. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Have you ever encountered a street vendor? They're not super common in our part of the world, but in many places they are. It was my privilege to be able to travel to Guatemala in March, and on Sunday afternoon my family and our host visited Santiago Atitlan, St. James of Atitlan. We walked to the Cathedral of Santiago to see the sanctuary and to learn about the martyrs. It was market day. The roadway up the hill from the lake to the cathedral was filled with vendors, each calling out to the people, encouraging them to buy their wares. My son Elijah had to continually duck his head to walk under the canopies, and hands reached out to put goods in front of us. Do you like it? Do you want to buy it? was a constant refrain from the vendors. They had us marked as American tourists. And as soon as one of us showed interest in a souvenir or a food item, the negotiations began. A fair price must be agreed upon. Each vendor, more insistent than the last, that their goods were by far superior. Now, 
I want you to listen to Isaiah 55, verse 1, as I read it in the message paraphrase version. Because Isaiah gives us God as a vendor in the marketplace. Hey there, all who are thirsty, come to the water. Are you penniless? Come anyway, buy and eat. Come, buy your drinks, buy wine and milk. Buy without money. Everything's free. God, as a street vendor, calling out to all who thirst and hunger, come and drink, come and eat. But there's no charge. Food and drink, you do not need money for that. Let us feast. Oh, you don't need money, but there is a price. Such a feast as money cannot buy. And the price is this. Listen and live. I will be your God and you will be my people. And we will have a covenant. People need food. But people need more than food. Or as Jesus put it, People cannot live on bread alone. We also need a trusting relationship with our Creator, a relationship that is nurtured by the Word of God. Pay attention, Isaiah tries to tell us. Pay attention to God's abundance. It is for all even those who have nothing. It is especially for those who have nothing. The Gospel reading from Matthew is a sermon of abundance in action. There's no parable here. Jesus doesn't teach with his words. This is a teaching that comes through activity. As anyone who has ever served as an apprentice knows, often the best way to learn is by doing something and then by reflecting on what has been done. Now it seems in Matthew 14 that the crowds were so hungry to be with Jesus. They were so thirsty for his words that they followed him out into the wilderness and they forgot to pack a picnic for dinner time. And the disciples noticed the need of the crowd. I kind of imagine that they felt overwhelmed and maybe started grumbling amongst themselves. Could they handle the need? It seemed not. And their solution in the face of a large crowd, 5,000 plus women and children, was to send them away, to turn the problem over to someone else. Not that I can imagine that any of the little villages out in the wilderness would be able to feed more than 5,000 people for dinner. How often? Do we, like the disciples, prefer to say, we can't do that? Someone else will have to handle it. When we see big needs, we are often overwhelmed and we try to push 
the problem away from us or hide it from sight. It's really hard to look at needs or suffering or tragedy and not turn away. In an opinion piece in Baptist News Global this week, Mark Wingfield shared a story, and I want to share this story with you. He wrote, Our pastor told the story of Father Michael Renninger, pastor of St. Mary's Catholic Church in Richmond, Virginia. While a college student on his way home one weekend, Renninger stopped to visit his grandparents. They lived in the same row house in Philadelphia he had known growing up. His grandfather had a series of strokes that left him paralyzed on one side and unable to talk or swallow. His grandmother determined to take care of him at home, even though he required a feeding tube. On that day, Renninger recalled, he opened the squeaky front door and immediately knew that things were not right. The goopy liquid food was splattered all over his grandfather, whose face was red. His grandmother was struggling to care for him when she realized their grandson had entered the house. The college student started to leave, assuming that he didn't need to walk into this embarrassing situation. Then he heard his grandmother's stern voice, Don't you dare. Don't you dare leave. Sometimes this is what love looks like. His grandmother taught him an important lesson that day. Love cannot look away when life gets messy. Love cannot look away when the room is smelly, when despair is on display, when things are falling apart. Love makes us look, and in looking, we are compelled to act. End quote. Big needs can overwhelm our sense of agency, our belief that we have the resources to do what is needed. However, big needs are also opportunities for God's great generosity to be shown through us. The disciples thought that they had nothing, but in fact they had five loaves of bread and two fish. Five loaves and two fish isn't nothing. It's enough. Through God's blessing, a little bit was enough for those disciples to feed everyone. And on that day, God's mercy tasted like fish. God's goodness tasted like bread. And the hands that served up the mercy and the goodness of God were not Jesus' hands, but they were the disciples' own hands. It's as if Jesus said, begin with what you have. I think I can work with this. When we feel like the needs around us are so big and so overwhelming, we might, like the disciples, think that what we have is nothing. We may wish to send the people away, 
to have somebody else deal with the problems. But Jesus looks at us and says, I think I can work with this. There are many things in this world that might feel overwhelming to you right now. There's so much need and so much sorrow and so much anxiety. But instead of turning away from people's pain, instead of sending the crowds away or thinking that there's nothing we can do, let us instead begin as Jesus began, with thanksgiving. Jesus prayed a prayer of thanksgiving for five loaves of bread and two fish. And then the disciples shared their food. And it was enough. Locally, when the La Crosse County School Districts announced virtual learning for the month of September, due to the county's severe COVID risk level, Many parents and caregivers went into a panic. We can't do this again. We don't have what we need to supervise distance learning and parent and work and keep our homes. And a lot of people raged at the schools. Do something. But some people said, what do we have? And I saw a beautiful news story. Misty's Dance Studio in Onalaska looked at their assets. Not bread and fish, but their classrooms. Empty during the day, and they realized they could become a place for students who can't do distance learning at home to have small group supervised remote learning. And they're calling it Third Option Learning Hub. And Misty's Dance Studio is calling on other businesses with locations to do the same. We give thanks for businesses with spaces for students. When we look at the numbers of people who have lost jobs, or lost hours at their jobs or taken pay cuts. When we look at the needs at food pantries increasing, instead of looking away from the need or sending people off to another place or saying somebody has to do something, let us instead look at what we have and give thanks. We are blessed with a caring community filled with generous And like the disciples, we grow in faith by enacting a sermon of God's generosity. God took their little bit and gave thanks. And the disciples opened their hands and shared their food. And everyone had a feast, the foretaste of the feast to come. Our sermon in action looks like this. We are collecting non-perishable food items for our local food pantries. Please bring them to French Creek between the hours of 8 and 10 a.m. on August 2nd and subsequent Sundays. See, we worship a God who calls out to all to eat and drink and be filled at no cost. 
Such food is a good gift of God. We worship God's Son who looked at his disciples and said, You feed them. And they learned that their little bit could make a big difference. And these same disciples, when they were hungry, they followed Jesus' own example of accepting the food of friends and strangers. Sometimes they fed, sometimes they received. We often talk about love as a feeling, but I tell you that love is an action. God's generosity is reflected in our generosity. Christ invites us to share what we have with others, and the Spirit takes our meager gifts and uses them to fill the bellies and the souls of many. Thanks be to God. Amen.